Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Guilty Feminists. This is Deborah. I'm going to do my stand-up comedy show that had a sold-out run at the Soho Theatre one more time before Christmas. And it will be at the Etc. Theatre in Camden Town on Monday, the 20th of December at 8pm. COVID safe regs, OVS. So if you'd like to see the show, some people said they want to see the show again, or if you didn't get to see it and you'd like to see it and you're in London or can access London, it will be Monday, the 20th of December. Also, I will be at the Choose Love store in London on the 19th of December between 3 and 5 p.m. They're ready to sign your books, ready to make a little I'm a Feminist but Christmas video with you, take a selfie with you, sign something for a friend for Christmas, uh, bring your Guilty Feminist books in if you want to give anyone a present. And while you're there, why not buy something from Choose Love for a refugee to keep them safe, warm and fed this winter? The Choose Love pop-up holiday shop is at 3 Carnaby Street, London. So I really hope to see as many as possible of you there. If you can't come on Sunday the 19th, please pop in another day and buy something for a refugee this Christmas. If you can't, then go to choose.love right now and buy something online. On the 16th of December, we are doing the Guilty Feminist Presents Campus Christmas. Tom Allen and I are hosting this fundraiser show for both the Say It Loud Club run for and by LGBTQ refugees fleeing homophobic oppression and Can Do Action, which is raising money to alarm Syrian schools 
from airstrikes. Tom Allen and I are co-hosting. Self-esteem is in the house, the musical sensation of the year. She's doing a 20-minute acoustic set. Sandy Toxfig's joining us. Russell Tovey, Raven Smith, Jessica Foster-Q, Jen Brister, Travis Alabanza, Drag Queen, Dozer Cat, Celia A.B., Grace Petrie, and newly announced Susie Ruffle is joining us. Where else will you be able to see all those people on the same bill? Nowhere in the world ever in the history of time, I suggest. Uh, so get your tickets now. There aren't many left and you can see why. All proceeds to those amazing organisations doing wonderful things this winter. Don't miss the show of the season and make your Yuletide gay. And now speaking of Christmas, our UK tour starts on the 5th of March. We are going all over the UK. We are sure to be coming somewhere near you. We're also going all over Australia and New Zealand in July. So check out the links in the show notes or go to guiltyfeminist.com to find out where we are coming near you and when and get tickets for yourself and other loved ones, feminists in your life as Christmas or other holiday presents. I'm so excited to be able to be back out on tour, coming to you, being near you. Uh, we will make sure all the shows are COVID safe, depending on where we are with restrictions. And we really can't wait to be back in the room with you celebrating feminism, comedy, and all things Guilty Feminist. And we have some new podcasts from the House of the Guilty Feminist. One is Absolute Power, where John Burko, former Speaker of the House each week, explains a different piece of our democracy to us and how we can use it better. So he will deconstruct, what is a private member's bill? How could we get one through if we wanted? What is the House of Lords? Why are they there? What you know? What's what's the advantages of having a non-elected House? What's the democratic implications of that? And he is so knowledgeable and so funny and entertaining and engaging. I really, really, really enjoy talking to him. You may have seen him go viral this week if you're in the UK because he was on Good Morning Britain talking about the podcast and he had some pretty incisive things to say about Boris Johnson and this current government. So check that out online if you haven't seen it, but mostly check out the podcast Absolute Power. Uh, and also MediaStorm got a rave review in The Guardian this week. It's Matilda Mallinson and Helena Wadia, two brilliant investigative journalists who are going to research stories and give voice to those who are normally not asked by the press, even though they might be at the heart of a media storm style story. And it is genuinely something I am extremely, extremely proud to present to you. Every single concerned citizen, activist, feminist in the world should listen to Media Storm. Um, I promise you, if you listen to one episode, you will absolutely be hooked. So please subscribe to both of those podcasts. Uh, they're new from the House of the Guilty Feminist. And the more that you subscribe, rate, review, engage, share, the more other podcasts we'll be able to bring you and make for you. Please feel free to leave us suggestions of other sorts of podcasts you'd like us to make, uh, but support these as much as you possibly can so that we have the opportunity to make more. And now on with the podcast. Live from King's Place in London, The Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis-White and Grace Petrie. 
talking about her new album, Connectivity. Hello, King's Place. Are you ready for the Guilty Feminist? Are you ready for Grace Petrie? Then please welcome to the stage the incredible Grace Petrie and Folky Ben Moss. I'll be there to fill your glass. 
to weather. There's a storm here 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 to weather. The thunder's coming near. And though we can't be together, no matter what, my dear, I will love you forever, and we will dance again next year. I will love you forever, and we will dance again next year. I will love you forever, and we will dance again next year. I will love you forever, and we will dance again next year. Grace Petrie, everybody, and Funky Memphis! Grace, that was absolutely wonderful. Really wonderful. Come and sit, and Funky Ben, please pull up a chair as well, because we will want to ask you questions. Um, grab a mic, Ben, because I don't want you to feel left out of the conversation. Oh, goodness me. Should, should, do you want, yeah. should I give you my... I'm a feminist, but I'm handing my voice over to the man. No, 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 no. Come on, let me see if I can grab you another mic, just in case we want to ask you what it was like to be in lockdown with Grace. Oh, bloody hell. Don't give it to him. Don't give it to him. Yeah, what was that's, it like that's being... That sounded quite leading. What was it like being in lockdown with Grace? What, were the what best, was it like being in lockdown with Grace? Best Ooh. and worst things, Ben. Best Ooh, and worst a, things, Becky Ben. What a room to be in, to answer that question. No, it was, it was genuinely... Lovely. Oh, God, there was a long pause there, wasn't there? Any annoying things? Um... <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> no, we're su- we were surprised. I think Grace is... Actually, my, my, my current housemates are in tonight, so I shouldn't say you were the best housemate I've ever had. You were, she was a very good housemate. But you very much have just said that, so... Yeah, uh, God. Sucks to be those guys. Uh, top three, certainly, by the sound of it. Uh, you accidentally got locked down together, didn't you? Yes, I was, I was kind of house hunting um, just around the time COVID hit. Well, we were on tour in Australia, and then we kind of flew back directly into lockdown. So I ended up in just the best possible circumstances, <laughs> yeah, I can absolutely. assure you. Yeah. Uh, in, well, uh, a in lot Leicester. better, because you would have been alone otherwise. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you hadn't had this little fiddler. <laughs> this little fiddler. <laughs> This little fiddler of fiddling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know I would, and I do, you know, <laughs> there are a lot of things you can accuse me of being, but uh, an introvert is not one of them. <laughs> so I think I would have really fucking struggled if I'd yeah. have been locked down alone, to be honest. I really, I have so much respect for people who manage lockdown alone. I would not have been good, I don't think. No. I mean, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't alone. I was with Tom, and I still completely lost it. It, for the first, no, honestly, for the first month, I was not myself. At it, all. Everyone, it was hysterical. It was a weird time. Like how, weird how time. quickly it was. I mean, I suppose it feels like so long ago now, but how quick it was to go from like, I think the first day of lockdown, I was like, you know, at nine in the morning, I was like, this is okay. I'll download Geolingo. I'll learn French. <laughs> and uh, by like and do- 10 p.m. that day, I was like, I'm going to shave my head. I'm texting all my exes. <laughs> uh, Will you, uh, and how is your French now fluent, I assume? Ah, oh, most do, most do. <laughs> um, 
So that's what this song is about, Storm to Weather. It's, you wrote this about the lockdown, the pandemic. Um, and I think it was a brilliant response because we had you sing it on a Zoom show because that's mm. what we were legally allowed to do. Mm. And I remember just crying and crying when I was listening to it because I was, the lyrics of um, We Will Dance Again Next Year, mm. I Will Love You Forever, We Will Dance Again Next Year. I remember just thinking, you know, when it seemed so unlikely that we would ever be dancing with anyone again. And it just mm. seemed so far away. And I remember that feeling, yeah, that song was so was poignant and sentimental at that time. And if anything, coming out of lockdown has slightly ruined it. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's still an excellent song. It's a uh, banger, don't get me wrong. Thank you. But it will never have the same poignancy as it did at that time for me, where I remember I, remember I just played it over and over again, because it wasn't out yet, yeah. but we had captured it with the magic of podcasting. Mm. So I was playing our sort of rough and ready copy of it, mm. because I just felt like it was... And I said, this is, you just got to get this out there right now, because this is going to go to number one, because it's just what we're all feeling. Um, and I felt like it was just, it is, for me, it will always be the song of the lockdown. For me too, yeah, for me too. And I was really, it was hard to, because most of my career I've written songs about politics. And I've always had this issue where it's like things age so quickly when you're writing about mm. politics. And, you know, earlier on in my, when I was in my early 20s and stuff, I would do a lot of like really lo-fi DIY recording and, you know, this album, we spent so much more time on it mm. and, like, quite a lot more money on it. And I do think the result is I'm really happy with it. But if I had one regret about it, I do think, yeah, that, I, I, I feel like I wrote that song. I'm, like, talking to myself. In, it's like words of comfort. I was comforting myself, like, through this really horrible, unprecedentedly scary time. You know, I went, it was, like, the longest I've gone without hugging my parents, you know, in my mm. entire life. And, uh, and I was like, this is what I need to hear. I need to hear somebody say to me, like, there'll be a day that we dance again and it's going to be okay, you know, and, like, the love that we have for each other is going to, you know, overcome those sort of boundaries um, and barriers. And for me, it's like me telling myself this little sort of lullaby and it's so lovely to hear that other people got some comfort from it as well, you know. And do you know what? Every single year there is something that makes us feel disconnected, stressed. This is a song that will endure because you can personally be having a storm to weather. Mm. You know, politically, maybe we'll come into some kind of Nirvana period in the next five years. <laughs> yeah. You know, it could be. By Nirvana, I do mean sort of grungy and angry. I don't mean... Yeah. I don't mean heaven. Um, <laughs> no matter what is happening politically, you can be having an extraordinary time personally and a terrible time politically or vice versa or, or you know, when they both morph together. Yeah. So I think this song is going to endure. And I think it's a wonderful song for feminists as well. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, we've been on tour for the past, like, five or six weeks or something. And, um, and I have been saying, when I've been introducing that song, I've been saying basically that, which is like, obviously, in the first instance, this is a lockdown song. But also, it's, I have grown to think of it as like a protest song as well, mm. because I do feel like there's so many like socialists and feminists and progressives out there who really feel at the moment very, you know, storm battered, basically, mm. and, uh, and feel like they're in the middle of a hurricane and they don't know when things are going to get better. So it's sort of, I hope it has that sort of dual meaning. Yeah, and I do think it's going to come into its own again as climate change worsens. Um, <laughs> In terms of, Fingers I mean, crossed. I'm always thinking about the long game, you know. Silver oh, yeah. linings, silver I said linings. I that to Ben in the studio. I was like, "This is the pension plan, buddy." Yeah, this is <laughs> the yeah. 
uh, as the sea rises because the, the music video is literally you and the they're ocean. They're so conflicted. They're yeah. laughing and they're like, this is horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, 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 this is the kind of dimension and edge you're going to get in your comedy at the Guilty Feminist from now on. Uh, you, um, you, you, you made the music video in an ocean. If you I don't did. mind me saying. I, no, I, I don't mind. Are you leading on to what I said about my... Oh, I'm, no, I'm not. Oh, but, okay. But I then let's move on. I thought that was a private conversation, Grace, but no, do tell them all. No. I really would rather not. Oh, um, is this an I'm a feminist butt that you've got for us? Because we could lead in. We could okay, lead in. Okay. All right, right, go on. Do, it, do your right. own feminist butt. Some context. Right. No The context. guilty feminist is uh, always full of incredible comedians. I am not a comedian. And I always feel very comedically out of my depth. So when I come here, I'm always like, oh, they're going to ask me to do I'm a feminist butts. So I was racking my brains. And backstage in the green room, Deb was like, oh, have you got any I'm a feminist butts? And I said, I can't believe I stitched myself up with this, bringing it up. Um, I did, the video for this song involves me playing the guitar in the ocean in the, off the coast of Norfolk. It was incredibly cold. And I was quite concerned the nipple area <laughs> I don't need to say anymore so I'm a feminist but for the, for the in the video for Storm to Weather which you can look look for on YouTube if you want and uh, the reason that they it will is now. well the reason that there's nothing to be seen is because I'm wearing no fewer than eight layers around my chest <laughs> In the sea, off the coast of Norfolk. So you heard it here first. You, you has, just give us a cheer if you've seen the video. <laughs> uh, not enough people have seen the video. It's absolutely brilliant. We should have played it on the big screen tonight, actually. It's phenomenal. Grace stands in the ocean and is continually knocked over by waves while playing this song. Mm. And y y many, many... Uh, questions came in from your fan base about whether the guitar oh was God. harmed in the making of this music video. The reply guys really came out in force. <laughs> yeah. No for the, the fate of that poor guitar. Yeah, there was, I would say, the ratio of... This is the first single from the album, first music I've released in, you know, three years. Uh, new single, new video, yep. big splash. Big and I would splash. say the ratio of... Interest in the song versus inquiries about the health of the guitar was about the sort of one to two. You know what I mean? Yeah. So doing a great job out there. So, yeah. PR uh, wizard. PRSPCG were up in <laughs> arms. That's all yeah. I can say. It did. Um, in case I, have, I don't think I ever was the kind of musician who would like be want to like destroy guitars on stage like, <gasps> a, like, like a rock band, like The Who. But uh, I really, I really did. I feel like I got, did some thorough market research on the whether my audience would be fucking into that, and I learned that they would not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'd love to see you one night, just yeah. as a sort of really lovely uh, folk music show, just at the end of just smash your guitar up in protest. Yeah. But if you, you could I'll tell you how you could do it. If you wrote the patriarchy on it, then they'd accept it. <laughs> so I'm. These are just okay. suggestions. Um, okay, I'm going to do a quick. I'm a feminist, but and then we should hear another song. I'm a feminist, but I advertised this show, to be fair only today, as Grace Petrie and I will be in black tie tonight. I thought, she'll see that on Twitter. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, that's how I think Grace comes to gigs. I see her a lot in black tie at gigs. You know, she, she might be like in a waistcoat and jeans or something, but she's always, she wears a black tie and a white shirt. She's got a touch of the dinner jacket about her. That is just how she lives. When I Is that like being a friend of Dorothy? <laughs> yeah, a touch of the dinner jacket about her. I... 
It's what they said in the 40s in Hollywood. I walked in tonight in a full dinner jacket, in a full, if you're living in America, a full tuxedo and heels. And I walked in and she was in a flannelette shirt and jeans. And I went, what are you wearing? I thought we were going to be both in black tie. Now look, I look like an overdressed tit. And I realised as I talked on and on, having not seen her for some months, that I had black tie shamed Grace Petrie. I did. Yeah. For the record, for what it's worth, I was already in London when I saw that tweet, and I did try to source my usual formal attire. And what I can tell you is the MS Boys Department, age 12, <laughs> in London is not as well stocked as it is in Leicester. That's not all as, it's not as well stocked as you think. Um, well, this, this, leads us on, this leads us on to your next song, I think. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, I don't know how, but I'm going to find a segue. Um, no, your next song, tell us about it. What made you write it? Now, I advertised tonight as a series of songs uh, from Grace that we would talk about, and I advertised them as protest songs and... Sapphic, sapphic love songs. Sapphic love songs, yeah. yes. Angry feminist protest songs and sapphic love, love yeah. songs. It's my Tinder bio. Um, yeah. This is one of, your, one of your sapphics. It's one of my sapphics. It's a classic sapphic. <laughs> it's probably the most sapphic as, as they get, actually, in the Grace Petrie catalogue, I'd say, this one. Yeah, this is like the classic Taylor's oldest time, uh, lesbian meets straight girl. They become friends, mm. but there's always a bit of a, like, will they, won't they, a bit of a grey area, and it's just a tale of those sort of friendships that you sort of end up in. It actually got played by Joe Wiley, our mutual friend Joe Wiley, on Radio 2. Yes. Um, and we had a tough time getting it on Radio 2 because... So I swear a lot in my songs, and actually not that much on this album, but in this song only, I think, there is quite a prominent dick. <laughs> and Surely I, Radio 2 can manage a dick. You know, Radio 2 could not manage a dick. You know, there was all manner of things. They were, they were like, uh, we went back and forth about it and they wanted to cut the line and they wanted to cut the first verse and then there was... Were you seeing this live or were they just bleeping it? No, they were just... They, they were, it, there was an issue about the length of the song as well. So they were going to maybe cut the beginning off and then at one stage it was discussed that I might go in and re-record the line to change it from what a dick to what a pig. Oh my God. And uh, I stood my ground... <laughs> With artistic integrity, because I do, I think, you know, sometimes yeah. you do. Sometimes you just got You just it. need a dick, do you know what I mean? That's, um, I never thought know. I'd hear you say that, Chris. No, well, <laughs> it's been a formative pandemic. So, <laughs> uh, so you went in and you stood your ground and did they allow the dick in the end? They just bleeped the dick. They so they kept the d and they sort of kept the k. I uh, think you can really tell it says. So they know. allowed the dick and the cup, but yeah. not the ear. Yeah. There's no eye in dick. <laughs> not a radio too. That doesn't even make sense, does it? Why Should do I think I'm out of my depth comedically here? Listen, listen, I'm glad our licence fee is going to such really oh, yeah. important issues. Oh, yeah. Um, I absolutely love this song. It's classic Grace Petrie. It's funny. It's witty. Uh, it's a song that you just don't you don't hear about. You just don't hear mm. this stuff in song. You hear you hear sappy love songs. You hear angry love songs. You hear this, but it's, you just don't hear this particular this particular take. Um, so take it away, Grace Petrie. Thank Patreon, you very Bucky much. 
So on the record, actually, Ben, who is such an incredible... Give me a shout if any of you saw any of our, like, live stream lockdown gigs. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, if you did, then you'll know that he's an incredible uh, multi-instrumentalist. And so on the radio, on the, on the track, sorry, in the studio, he actually played, like, banjo on this song, and it sounded amazing, and then he played fiddle on this song, and it sounded amazing, and then he played mandolin on this song, and it sounded amazing, and then it came time to play it live, and we were like, oh, fuck. <laughs> We've only got one at Folky Ben. <laughs> so we have sort of come up with this slightly different arrangement, which involves the old mouth organ, but uh, the sentiment, I hope, is the same. Yeah, it looked like I was sort of reaching out to you there, but I was just kind of... It, d it did, Just sort of yeah. stretching my hand. <laughs> what are you doing with a downward-facing dog that. while you're out there? Fucking hell. <laughs> Another Friday night when your plan A has fallen through A Tinder date that sounded great Was too good to be true, I guess Besides love of adventure Sense of humour, zest for life he just forgot to mention the new baby or the wife. Yeah, what a dick. But there's no need to be lonesome when you've got the next best thing. So you block him on your socials and you give me a ring and say you're in need of some sympathy, some sushi and Netflix. You know, I'm always free for dinner when they bail on you at six and I will be the best I can. I will be the best I can. I will be the best I can. You won't choose me over the last man on earth. How am I back here again? I've learned so many times That I've run out of melodies And I've run out of rhymes And I know this way lies insanity I've seen it all before But I know next time you need me I'll be right there at your door And I can be the best I can I can be the best I can I can be the best I can You won't choose me Over the last man on earth And after all the chasing When you're tiring of this life and you pick the least worst option and consent to be his wife. I'll plan the Hindu in Chicago. I will be there at the altar and you can be my Santiago if I can't be your Peralta. But I can be the best I can. I can be the best I can. I can be the best I can. But you won't choose me. Over the last man on earth. 
We've both had too much to drink And you look at me for too long In a way that makes me think You sometimes wish that things were different And it sometimes makes you sad That I treat you better than the best boyfriend you've ever had And I can be the best I can I can be the best I can I can be the best I can You still won't choose me Over the last man And I can be the best I can I can be the best I can I can be the best I can You won't choose me Over the last man And I can be the Darling, don't you know you'll never lose me Not to the last man on earth Thank you Two instruments, Fokie Ben over there Um, Have you got another lesbian love song for us? I do, yeah Well, then don't sit down So I do. I mean, in many ways, that's really all I've got to sell is lesbian love songs. No, you've also got the feminist anthems. You've also got the feminist anthems. You've got the political anthems. Yeah, I mean, nothing if not a a two-trick pony. (laughs) Both great tricks, though. Okay. Uh, We'll talk about this after. It's called Ikea. Big fan of flatback furniture in the house. Sister, I see you. It's Wednesday evening in Ikea. There's just two kinds of people here. And in my life, I've been both. The new team's at the starting line. Committing to each room design like it was a permanent oath. That's not me I know these aisles And you can spot the ones like me for miles There's no good-natured arguments on taste I have no need to compromise these There's no one saying we've been here too long And I get exactly what I want It's Wednesday evening in Ikea And everywhere I look in here And you team's trying to make themselves match Those couples sharing meatball tea don't notice all the ghosts like me back here alone and starting from scratch. But spare a thought, but for the grace of 
ever disassembling shared space Now there's no good-natured arguments on taste You know I have no need of compromise these days There's no negotiations to concede I get exactly what I need What I need And to those optimistic lovers Picking duvet covers I wish them all the best From the bottom of my chest And if they follow the instructions There's no reason their constructions Really shouldn't last But who am I to ask Because mine all fell apart And I'm right back at the start Hoping I've not lost any fundamental parts And I'm sure I will remember How it all fits back together Cause I know I'm not inadequately skilled It's just some things take Two people to build Wednesday evening in Ikea There's just two kinds of people here And in my life I have been both Thank you very much Come take a seat Grace That really gave me goosebumps. I've listened to that so much. I think it's so beautiful. Thank you very um, much. But hearing it live, there's something about it. I could see how moved the audience was. I could see people really... And I could also see some women holding on to their partners <laughs> like, like, frankly, they were a handbag in a crowded marketplace. It's like, <laughs> don't leave me. I don't want to be back in Ikea yeah. on my own. Um, it just... I could, I could genuinely... I saw that happen. I saw that happen. <laughs> Uh, is anybody crying? I feel like, yeah, I feel like I can see. Wow. Who's, just give us a cheer if you're crying. <laughs> oh, isn't that lovely? That's the aim. That's always That's the aim. That's the aim. That's the, the aim, aim, folks. Yeah, but it's good. It's, cath- it's cathartic sort of crying where we're allowing out old emotions that we kept in at the time because we're dysfunctional. <laughs> That's why we need you. That's why we need you. Can you tell us anything about that song? Because I've, I've been longing to know. Yeah. Did I mean, you come up with it in Ikea? Yeah. It's about as true as it could get, you know. Well, I you came... were walking around Ikea after a breakup thinking, yeah. I guess I need an ironing board. Now she took it. <laughs> yeah. And I, was, and I was honestly, you know, like I say in the song, I was looking around and there was just, all I could see was like these, you know, really optimistic sort of clearly quite new couples. Uh, you know, who are, like, filling their new spaces and, like, imagining their kind of shared life together and not to sound too embittered and cynical, but, like, you can sort of... you can A, you can remember being them and thinking there's no way that it's ever going to go wrong. And also you can sort of see the, like, you know, hope of, like, new love in, in that. And then, all, then it was just people like that and people like me fucking wandering around being like, I guess I'll get another fucking Billy bookcase, you know what I mean? Here, here we go again. You know, um, <laughs> and I really was. I was looking at some. I can't remember what it was, but I was looking at some furniture. And you know, I, I don't have a million you are, all are with IKEA, apart from my one enthusiastic friend <laughs> in the crowd. But uh, they have obviously because it's all like translated into all these different languages. They have the little cartoon 
uh, on the labels, they have these two little cartoon figures to sort of like show you how many people it needs to build. And I was like looking at this thing I wanted to buy. And it was just this label on it of these two figures just sort of smiling. And I was like, I mean, that's no good to me. There's no one at home to help me build this shit. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, so it was very, it came about very um, organically and, and, and authentically, yeah. I really love it because I love the metaphor of the, the, you know, some things need two people to build. And it's just, it's just so, it's really, really beautiful. Um, but I'd never thought of that before, that when do you go to Ikea? You go to Ikea when you're moving in with somebody mm. or when you've moved out from somebody. Mm. And suddenly you go, oh, well, they've kept the baskets or, oh, I, oh I've got a slightly smaller bed now. So, yeah. you know, I need new sheets or, and what was that? You don't want to... Because you're the first one. Which one? Oh, you're in the optimistic new category. There's every chance it'll go great. <laughs> don't judge me as your template. I mean, yeah. How long have you been with your partner? Oh! You're I fine. I think you're good. <laughs> Sounds like they're in it for the long haul, you know. Are they with you, though? Where, uh, where are they? No, your, your partner. <laughs> He's at home minding the baby. You're fine. Stick with him. Um, uh, I... <laughs> yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's really beautiful. And I also, with Last Man on Earth, I think, you know, as I said, I've just never heard that sentiment before in a song about a, a woman singing to another woman, it wouldn't matter. You, 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 mm. you, can't, you can't come to this place. Um, or at least you think you can't, or you probably can't, or I don't know if you can. And <laughs> it's... You sound like you're on the persuasion there. <laughs> you, at least you think you can't, but maybe you can. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what I mean. Until like, you've tried it. You know. well, well, that's the thing is you don't... And I think in those situations you don't quite know. I mean... Hannah Gadsby once told me that most lesbian encounters fail because women have been socially conditioned not to make the first move. So she said, often, two women fancy each other, but neither of them ever leans into the kiss. And so all I'm saying to you, I'm not saying hit on your single friends. That's poor advice. (laughs) I've done them all. (laughs) There's none left. You haven't hit on me. We were on tour together. You just didn't notice. (laughs) Um, we, were on t- we were on tour together in Australia as well. Who was more fun to be on tour with, me or Fergie Ben? Oh, that is like asking me to choose between my children. Uh... I'll take the hit. I'll take the hit here, Grace. No, I'll no, no I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course, we were I'm equally just saying, fun. Next Australia tour, Guilty Feminist featuring Fergie Ben, you know, why, why not have that why not? ice cream sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> Are you organising a throuple tour? I don't know. <laughs> Are you asking who's, who's, what, who's the who's wafer? Who's what bit in there? Yeah. Uh, you know. I mean... Well, listen, this is something to be spoken about in private. Yeah. And on a, on a WhatsApp group. Uh, this is, let's make a WhatsApp group and just call it Thruple Tour. Ice Cream Sandwich, that's a great <laughs> name know. for the group. Um, so... <laughs> um, He's blushing. <laughs> cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Morphing out of the suffix ad songs Mm. into a more feminist anthem activist place. Uh, what is your next song for us? Uh, so we're going to do, it's called Some Days Are Worse Than Others. And it is, yeah, it's interesting you would call it a feminist, I mean, it is a feminist activist song. When I got interested in politics and when I got started writing songs about politics, it was 2010, it was like the new uh, conservative coalition government. And I was in my early 20s and I was writing so much, you know, it was such a politically... Um, fertile time I think for my I was part of that student generation you know mm-hmm. who were protesting against tuition fees and uh, and at that time you know there was like Occupy Wall Street and Occupy St. Paul's yeah, and Occupy. you know and there was and you know it felt like for those first few years of the Tory government it felt like we were sort of there was a new demonstration or a new march you know like almost every month you know there's mm-hmm. more stuff to write about and I really do I mean this is a joke I used to make on stage but I really did used to think uh, you know this is it my generation is going to be the one that changes the world. And then I sort of found out that my generation wasn't the first generation that thought that, folks. And, uh, and, and it's not us anyway, it's Greta. It's Greta. But, but you know, and, and, and basically, you know, now I'm, I'm 34 and, uh, and I wrote a lot of this record, obviously, in lockdown. And I think it was easier to write in a more honest way, I think, because I wasn't gigging all the time. And it was easy, I think, to sort of put the idea that anyone would ever hear this stuff kind of out of my head a little bit. And it's just the kind of honest reflection, I think, of, like, settling into the idea that, like, this is a lifelong fight, you know? Like, all of these politics, all of these things that we fight for, like, this is a very, very, very long game. And, like, some days you won't have the strength to get out of bed. You'll feel like you won't have the strength to keep going at all. But on those days, hopefully, there are other people who will feel more energised because we're a very big team, you know, and, like... It's just about that. I mean, I don't want to make it sound cynical because I really don't see this song as cynical at all. But I think it's, for me, it was just like that thing of like coming to meet myself in my mid-30s and being like, yeah, you know, like there are teenagers who are coming up and they have this amazing political urgency and it's right that they do and they have so much energy and I'm in awe of them, you know, and I, I think it's great and right and true that there are like kids coming up and writing you know new political songs every month and I'm sort of here going you know yeah I think I'm just in lots of ways I'm not doing as well as I could be doing politically I'm not doing as much as I could be doing but also I'm still here and it's got to count for something you know does that make sense it really does because Amnesty International say all the time when we have I'm an Amnesty ambassador and they say all the time to us like it's a long game we we think of it as a decades-long 
project. Like you mm. can't, if we thought, well, if we don't get this political prisoner out of jail by the end of the year, mm. we failed, mm. then we wouldn't be able to keep going. Like it, the whole point is you're trying to shift the dial and shift the direction, but they're trying to kind of shift the compass from north to northwest because you can't force the people with the power to relinquish it, mm. but you can influence and, you know, there have been activists in Calais on hunger strike for how they treat the refugees. And finally, the French government, I mean, it's so, so, so brutal. Mm. Mowing down, evac- evacuations every day, mowing down the tents, slashing the tents, pepper spraying. I've been out there, they've been, been like pepper spraying children's sleeping bags, mm. stealing children's shoes because they're trying to make it a hostile environment. I mean, it's really, really brutal. And they've just said yesterday, because of the activism of people, local people there, They've just said no more forced evictions or surprise evictions, mm. surprised evictions, and they will find housing for people. And the French government... Now, look, wow. remains to be seen exactly what is done and how it is done. Mm. Let's not take our eye off the ball and go, oh, well, that's fixed. But it just... it Those small things mm. do show me, ultimately, you can shame powerful people yeah. and, they, and you can shift the dial a bit. Mm. It feels... It doesn't... You know, look, we've got the vote... Mm. which we didn't have, and that's because of somebody's vision. Mm. We've got all sorts of social provisions which we didn't have, which mm. is somebody's vision. So the, your song, I think the thing about this song for me, which I've listened to a lot, I find it, I don't find a cynical song at all, I found it, again, a song I'd never heard before, which is a deep understanding between people who are trying and that just it just spoke to a place in my heart that had been unseen and unnourished. And I, when I first listened to it, I was like, oh, this is like Bob Dylan. And I really did think that. I really did think I haven't heard a song like this since Bob Dylan used to write this well. I mean, he's not, he's not doing his best work now. It's all right. He's very old. Um, Please play this song that I'm waxing. She giveth with one hand. No, since he used to write brilliant songs. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm saying Bob Dylan hasn't written anything as good as this for probably, I don't know how long. So if he hears this, he's going to be well jailed, is what I'm saying. He's going to be like, ah, oh, I used to be able to write like that when I was young and angry and hungry. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'll send him some guest lists to the next tour. You never know. Yeah. Come and neg him a bit. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I might start just atting him. He's not anywhere. He, he got offered us some kind of massive prize. What was it? Like a peace prize. No, but it was a Nobel Prize for literature or something because of his, his lyrics or something. He didn't turn up. He didn't even respond. I don't think it's going to come to your show, is what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, if, this, if you are someone who feels like you try, but there are days where you feel discouraged, and you, but you need to keep going, um, this song is really going to speak to you. If you cried during Ikea, <laughs> get, the old, get the old hanky out, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Take it away, Grace and Ben. It's time for yet another instrument from Folky Ben. I know, is there no end to his talents? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. used to think I'd change the world if I could write a song Good enough to make you see the truth But everything I touch has turned to ruin and gone wrong 
And I can't believe the arrogance of you And I know the world is turning when it feels like standing still Or slipping ever backwards by degrees Feels I'm always dying on the least productive hill And I haven't even planted any trees And all my courts major courts, you know they couldn't move the house of lords and all I felt all the pain I ever felt you know it never stopped the ice caps melt some days this world makes me hide beneath the covers some days are worse than others used to think my heart was so reliable and strong Steady neath your feet as frozen ground Believing all the promises of poetry and song I never dreamt how far I'd let you down And I know I am remembered for the shattering of dreams Never all the times I held the roof I fossilise worst moments held forever in extremes And I console myself with versions of the truth For all I gave, all I told myself I gave I really thought that I was being brave For all I swore, ever steady, ever more It comes to nothing if you're keeping score Some nights I can Answer the charges of those lovers Some nights are worse than others I used to think my stories were the place I could be known Told them without having to pretend now finally old enough to see that I'm not fully grown I see that I don't know how they will end The skins I shed, the roads I tread, the ways that I have fared They've turned me into someone not the same Some days I feel the anchor of the years that we have shared But some days I can only feel the change And it washes off just washes off and my arms will always be too soft and I understand maybe I finally understand that I might never know just who I am some days I still wake up jealous of my brothers some days are worse than others beneath the covers wonder how we will recover search the eyes of friends and lovers for a sign of my true colors some days are worse 
Some days are worse than others mm-hmm. I think that's the most extraordinary piece of work and I think the lyricism in it is just stunning and do you, so does much. anyone else think that sounds like Bob Dylan yeah. yeah and it really means a lot to me and there are days when I play it because I need to hear it and I don't think we speak enough about the fatigue of it mm. it does seem particularly difficult at the moment when there's a great Victoria majority and they're pushing through some really frightening bills and some days are worse than others but I feel like that there are times when we need to hear that in a song and there are times that we need to hear something rousing Mm. that pushes us forward and gets us out of bed. You know, those days that we really feel we can't are rare, I think, Mm. for most of us. I think most of us go, you know, we just have some kind of um, moment like that and then, you know, we sort of get back up. The whole album is called Connectivity. Mm. Why is it called Connectivity? Um, just, you know, I think the, the theme that sort of runs through all the songs is um, something that obviously became very apparent in the pandemic, I think, is or in lockdown, I should say. We need connection with each other. And I think that's sort of ultimately, it's what the whole game's about for me. You know, I think that's definitely why I do what I do. It's definitely why I was sort of drawn to being a musician. And, you know, um, I think the, the politics that have instructed my whole life are about connection, you know. It's about compassion and having communion with each other and uh, recognising that all we've fucking got in this world is each other. Do you know what I mean? I totally agree. Mm. And I think it's... You can either think every man for himself and every woman for herself and every person for themselves. (laughs) Thank you. That's right. (laughs) The right-wing person was Pretty Patel all along. Um, And uh, I... Uh, or, or you can think, well, all we have is connection and all we have is each other. There's a line in one of your songs uh, that's about connecting with your audience in which you say, I'd rather have one lonely heart. Is it have one lonely heart? Uh, I'd take one, one lonely broken I, heart. Oh, that's right. I'd take one lonely broken heart over... 100,000 streams. Is that yeah. true? Um, 
That's well, the, that was the one note of inauthenticity that came off that album for yeah. me, having lived with you and travelled yeah. with you and, and played with you in yeah. various cities around the world. It is, the line is actually 100 million streams. 100 I million streams, Lonely Broken yeah. Art over 100, 100 million streams. streams. I thought it was 100 So what million. I can say is 100 million streams on Spotify gets you about £2. <gasps> uh, so uh, I'm exaggerating, but not by much. So I would take one Lonely Broken Art over 100 million streams, but 100 million record sales is a different thing entirely, King's Keep Place. Keep your Lonely Broken Heart at that point. Yeah. Because... Everyone's I'll, got their price. Because <laughs> old, old champagne socialist Petrie over here is moving into Primrose Hill. Hey. Um, Grace, are you touring? Yes, uh, we uh, are still on tour. Uh, we're like halfway through the UK tour, but there's a bunch of gigs left and then actually uh, touring in the spring as well. And we uh, have a Christmas show at Bush Hall on the 18th of December, two days after that show that you're coming to. Proper lefty um, Christmas. Proper lefty Christmas, indeed. Yes, an annual tradition. Um, and also, for the people in the room, um, uh, there is, uh, sorry to say this, Champagne Socialist Petri. Um, there is, uh, you can get the album outside and there's also T-shirts and stuff out there as well. Because Go and get what merch. Would a, yeah. What would a socialist folk singer be without the capitalism of the merch store? Well, so listen, you've got to make please. money. Listen, Karl Marx Stop sold his fucking that. books, I'm sorry. Sorry. And he didn't believe in intellectual property, but somehow he had a publishing deal. That's all I'm saying. We all need to listen. You can't float above a capitalist society. Karl and Marx he, sold his fucking books. Yeah, he That's did. Brilliant. He, he wasn't eating grass, was he? If you don't think Karl Marx enjoyed an expensive drop while he pontificated about, I mean, come on, come the fuck on. All of those men with their high ideals, at the end of the you day... You would have been right out there in the foyer, wouldn't you, with a sum-up, Karl oh, Marx? Oh, come on. And he wasn't as lovely as you. He, he, was, he would have been a big old, you know, throbbing cunt, let's be honest. <laughs> he would have been, he would have been. You know that he was. You it's know taken that he was. a turn, hasn't it? You Gosh. know that he was. No, he was a blokey a man. A big old was throbbing just... cunt, that was. that was. Maybe a bit harsh, a bit harsh, but... Not really. It wouldn't have been. I'm telling you, he wouldn't. Have, he's not. He wasn't. A, I, I'm telling. He wasn't. What, might you might you say um, a proletariat twat? Nice, 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 nice. Um, buy the album. You got that out of the podcast. That was a pretty bad response. If you don't have the album, buy the album. It is beautiful, and you haven't even heard half the songs on it. It is absolutely stunning. But there's sh- there are songs that you can just listen to over and over and over again, and you get more out of them every time. Whether you are feeling sad, or roused. Needing to be roused? No, like rabble roused, not aroused. Not aroused. No, I'm not saying. You can listen to it if you want to be aroused. It's a that's got a niche kink, though. I think. I don't see any of your songs currently as the soundtrack to a porno. Uh, but listen, listen. But the next song. Don't underestimate me. Fokie Ben, do you have anything to plug before we talk about the next song and the final song? Oh. No, I Follow just... Follow Ben on That Twitter. isn't true. Can I just interject? <laughs> ben has a beautiful album of his own called oh. Lost oh. Lands. You can hear him on Spotify and you can get it at Bandcamp. It's Ben Moss Folk and it's incredibly wonderful. Don't you sit Thank there saying you. I've got nothing to plug. <laughs> Goodness me. I just follow Grace around mostly and... <laughs> <laughs> Do what I'm told. Yes. This is the kind of beta male feminism needs. Now... <laughs> Listen, he is supporting the fight. I'm just, I'm loving that with his, with his modesty and his lack of willingness to tell us about his own work. Um, 
Ben, thank you so much because you helped us get through lockdown as well. You two were our house band on all of our Zoom uh, guilty feminists or nearly all of our Zoom guilty feminists and it was just wonderful to have other people on the Zoom with their friendly faces and bringing what they brought and you always brought joy and comedy and always the most moving songs. But one week we, we said to you, oh, we, we were doing, was that a live stream that we were doing? And we said, oh, we need a song. No, but you didn't say you, you, we need it at all. It was just that we were due to do a Zoom, Guilty Feminist. And it was the week just after, a couple of days after the Sarah Everard vigil on the Clapham Common, which, as we all know, ended in horrific police brutality. Uh, with what we now know about Sarah Everard, that sort of kind of cuts even deeper, I think. Um, and we were talking about the police and crime commissioning and sentencing bill, which uh, is essentially, as you said, the Tories with their enormous majority are moving to basically completely take away some fundamental fucking human rights. That is what's mm. happening right now in this country. Um, we were talking about the bill and we were talking about the vigil. And uh, I was going to do an old song. And it had been, you know, the, it was obviously, you know, People were discouraged, just to sort of cast your minds back, people were discouraged from attending the vigil for Sarah Everard and uh, people were encouraged to uh, light a candle. And I felt like, you know, in the aftermath of so many of these, unfortunately, far too frequent instances of violence against women, um, you know, I, I'm on Twitter a lot and uh, in the aftermath there's always a kind of outpouring of trauma and grief from so many women and non-binary people and communities who were persecuted by the police and I had this idea I just got this line in my head which was don't tell us to light a candle we've come to start a fire um, and so I wrote this song in like 45 minutes before the zoom and we ended up playing it and I poor old Ben this is what lockdown was like for him I was like I've had less notice for <laughs> songs I have to play with you 45 minutes I can work with that's fine <laughs> I was like it's a new one it's a new one roll with the punches and he was brilliant as always, and so with this is what we came up with. Um, so this is uh, the last song you will be hearing tonight, but it's not the last you'll be hearing of Grace Petrie. Please go and support her on tour. Um, she wrote this in 45 minutes for The Guilty Feminist. Now, I don't want you to then think, oh, it's not going to be any good, uh, but I do want you to think, how good can it be? Because when you hear it, you're going to be like, oh, fuck me, she's talented. And Foki Ben for pulling it together. Um, but what would lockdown have been without you two and Frank and, oh, and uh, your gorgeous songs? Um, but I'd it, also like to say, honestly, what would our lockdown, I don't know what it would have been without the Guilty Feminist Zooms, obviously. You yeah. know, and honestly, knowing like, that people were out there, you know, it was like it was, as I said, the reason that I think both of us got into this job is for communion and connection. And it was not that it wasn't lovely to only spend time with you and only look at you. But I think there were, moments, there were why, weeks why that both that of us were like, thank fuck, it's a good feminist tonight. You know, it's going to be the presence of someone else in the house. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. thank you for having us. Honestly, well, you're always got wonderful. us through lockdown as well. You're always wonderful to have. And, and uh, if you are listening to this from Australia or New Zealand, uh, Grace and I will be touring together. Am I allowed to say that? Oh, yes. yeah. In July next year. No dramas. Year. No dramas. Grace and I will be going around Australia and New Zealand together. And uh, Grace will be playing wherever we are playing on the tour. So please come back out and join us for that. Tickets make great Christmas presents. Um, <laughs> hashtag champagne socialism. Hashtag Karl Marx sold his fucking books. And... <laughs> And if Karl Marx had had the line, they make, Dust Capital makes a great Christmas present, he would have used it. <laughs> now, 
<laughs> the Dust Capital tour. Um, it must have happened. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. It means so much to be back here. And the songs of the lockdown that you're playing tonight really remind me how sad and lonely and not in black tie I was. So uh, this has just been a wonderful, joyous evening, Grace. Thank you so much. Thank you so, for so having much. me. And thank you for the chance to share these songs. I oh, really it's appreciate it. just been glorious. And one final time, Grace Petrie and Folky Ben, everybody. <laughs> So, yeah, as I said, uh, this song came out of a very specific moment in time. But, you know, it also uh, was kind of covering a sort of more uh, general political feeling I was having, sort of a, uh, following on from that last song. Um, it's that, I, you know, I have, I have had this realisation in the last few years because what, what, what has happened to me since I've been of voting age is I have lost every election. Uh, and uh, my team never win. And uh, these days I don't know who my fucking team are. But, uh, but I think that um, I had this sort of revelation, I suppose, or realisation that um, there are so many people, you know, like Deb said, there are so many rights that I have as a woman, as a queer person as well, there are so many rights that I have, that I have because people basically knew in their time then they came up and they fought for them and in some cases they died for them they basically knew what it's taken me 34 years to realize which is that I might not win in my lifetime right that's the truth I might not win this fight in my lifetime I might not see the victories for these politics but it doesn't mean that it's not worth fucking fighting because if all of those people who won those things like women's rights and gay rights if they'd have stopped because they realized that they might not win for themselves I wouldn't be standing here today um so this is a song So this is a song about better tomorrows. Um, and I'd love it, actually, if it's okay, if you're comfortable to, um, uh, if you wanted to sing the chorus, I would really appreciate that. I'm going to teach it to you um, line by line. So I'm going to sing a line and you're going to repeat it. Um, and it goes like this. And if I spend my life on the losing side, if I spend my life on the losing side, you can lay me down knowing that I tried you can lay me down knowing that I tried there's a better world and on a quiet day there's a better world and on a quiet day when I hold my breath I can hear her say when I hold my breath I can hear her say That's the chorus, we're going to do it loads of times and I would love it if you would join in and just sing it with all your heart This is an optimistic song, I promise but it is called The Losing Side and it goes like this Thank you very, very much for having us tonight You've been wonderful One more time please, Mr Folky Ben Moss in flames We came here begging justice and instead we got the blame for peace disturbed out on the streets tonight And 
watching on the BBC You know something's not right When mourners come With candles and with flowers A wrestled three on one And pinned down by the state's full powers This is their world And these have been the rules But we have come to break it down With bloody fingernails for tools This threat of violence this tightrope wire We can no longer bear it We're all too fucking tired No minute silence We will sing higher Don't tell us to light a candle When we have come to start a fire And if I spend my life On the losing side You can lay me down Knowing that I tried She's on her way She's on her way Safe for home You watch it on TV And never think that one day You could be the enemy That you might one day be under attack protect you, hoping someone has your back. The history books are screaming from the shelves. The no government who outlaws speaking to defend ourselves has good things planned. A storm ahead I see. And not one of us will bear it without solidarity. Oh, I see trouble. All my days This ailing, failing world Sends signs of fire And flood and plague And from the rubble From the race The mightiest cathedral From these ashes we will raise And if I spend my life
knowing that I tried. There's a better world, and on a quiet day, when I hold my breath, I can hear her say that she's on her way. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Grace Petrie, everybody! Thank you, Ben Moss. I've been Deborah Francis White. We've been the Guilty Feminists. Thank you so much. Good night! You have been listening to the Guilty Feminists with me, Deborah Francis White, special guest Grace Petrie, accompanied by Fergie Ben Moss. The recording engineer was Chris Sharp. The Guilty Feminist theme tune was composed by Mark Hodge and produced by Nick Sheldon. The producer was Tom Sutsky for the Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Zoe, Sally and everyone at King's Place, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. Is there no end to his talents? Oh, Ben, we needed to ask you, what's that one called? <laughs> this one I'm holding right no, now. No, no, the one, the one that's hanging up. The one that's hanging up is a mandolin. So it's not an electric <gasps> lute. <laughs> that was just a confident guess from an, from an audience member, <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> you know, who am I to mansplain how, how to, what instruments are called? I'm aware that I'm a guest in this space (laughs) and I'd like you to call any of my instruments whatever you'd like to call them. Thank you. I'll call that one Sandra then. Yes, please do. The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.